What's up, everyone? Jay Miller here, back with another Productivity in Tech podcast. This week, I have Mike Young on the line with us. Mike is a young CEO at Pear Circuit up in Fishers, Indiana. And if you don't know where Fishers, Indiana is, don't worry. By the end of this episode, you'll be very familiar with the Indiana coast. (laughs) And uh, I say that jokingly because for those that don't know, Indiana is in the middle of the U.S. It is about a 10-hour flight from the Silicon Valley where most people are and it's also another four or five hour flight from New York City where the rest of the tech haven exists in the the US. So it's interesting to have someone like Mike on the line because he has the ability to do so many great things but at the same time he has chosen to do all of those things from the place that he loves and knows, which is Fishers, Indiana. So it's it's really nice to be able to see that portrayed in this episode. And, And we talk a lot about Fishers. But enough about that. Let's jump right into the conversation. Here it is with Mike Young. sitting here with Mike Young from Pear Circuit. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. You know, it's been a, a good week so far. And I'm, you know, as we talked about a little bit beforehand, I've got some good interviews tonight. And I'm really looking forward to getting into them. And I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about what you've got going on. Well, awesome. I'm happy to tell you about it. And I'm, I'm really excited to be uh, on the uh, new se- season of uh, Productivity in Tech. So it's uh, going to be a really fun episode, I hope. Absolutely. Let's start by uh, having you introduce yourself, talking a little bit about what you do and uh, and some of the awesome things you've got going on. Sure. Well, um, I'm the CEO of, as you said, a company called Pear Circuit. We're located in Fishers, Indiana. So for those of you who don't know, that's very close to Indianapolis. Um, and we've been doing a development work with all kinds of different companies for uh, five, almost six years now. And what we do uh, is, is partner with companies that... Um, Oh, this could be companies or nonprofits who have a really strong understanding of uh, a market space or a problem uh, or have a really clear vision uh, for how they want to change the world. Uh, and they know all the people and they know all the pitfalls and all the possible solutions uh, to, to whatever problem they're working on, but they don't really know a lot about technology. So what we do is we kind of come in, uh, partner with them, and we provide a lot of expertise around software. So how do you design a minimally viable product? How do you go out and validate that you built the right thing? Um, how do you know when you're writing too much code? Um, and uh, how do you maintain and build a really scalable code base? So you can kind of think of it as a partnership where we have a lot of technical knowledge and we work with people who know all kinds of stuff about uh, really important problems in spaces like healthcare, education, or civics. And we partner with them to help them change the world at a, a scalable level um, in a way that uses a lot of really cool technology. One of the often things that developers hear, especially people who freelance or work with uh, other companies or parent companies, is I have the idea in my head. I just got to figure out how to get it onto you know the screen. And, and with that, 
that's when you usually know like okay now's the time to panic because that means they're going to have an opinion about every single thing that i do how does it work when you are a company doing yeah so that's a good question um well oftentimes uh, when people have a vision for what they want uh, they envision what the outcome that they want is going to be, but they may not have a clear picture of what they need to get there. They just have a preconceived notion. Um, and so when we're working uh, to build prototypes um, or to take some designs that we have and translate them into an actual product, um, that's the first opportunity for other people to interact with it and provide feedback. And actually, um, it's intimidating, like you said, but it's actually very important uh, to get that feedback, it's the most important part of building uh, any piece of software is having people interact with it and tell you if they liked it or they hated it or they were confused or they loved it. Um, and so uh, when you think about uh, the resistance that we all have internally to going out and, and building something and subjecting it to feedback and criticism, uh, that's probably the one impulse that is most important to overcome in our industry because without it, uh, without that feedback and criticism, you have no idea if you are investing a ton of effort into something that doesn't actually achieve what your vision is um, in, in the real world. So how how is it working with so many companies that have a vision and you don't necessarily, well, I don't want to say you don't share their vision, but like their mission is not your mission. Your mission is to help them accomplish their mission. You know, how, how does it feel knowing that like you don't, you're not directly connected to, you know, I'm trying to find one. I'm on, I'm on the website here, 700 rivers. Like I've never heard of 700 rivers. I don't know what they do. I'm sure when they reached out to you, they were like, Hey, we're 700 rivers. We do stuff. And you were like, Oh, that's cool. Now here's how I can help you. <laughs> how, how did, how does that work? Well, um, I don't think we've ever had a situation where we don't believe uh, in the same vision that someone else is is working on, at least as far as I can think back um, through our history. So um, I actually don't know how to answer that question because everyone that we've worked with has been working on something that's really cool, uh, that impacts a lot of people in a really positive way. Um, and it's very easy to get excited about because, um, first of all, the mission of a lot of these companies and organizations is something that we buy into on an intellectual level. But also just working with the people who are our customers uh, has a second level of motivation because the, the passion and intensity that they have for all of the uh, work that we're doing and, and that we're doing together uh, kind of rubs off on you after a while. So I don't think we've ever had a situation where we haven't been fired up about uh, something that we're trying to build. Um, and if that does happen in the future, I'm going to come back on this podcast and tell you how we were able to get over that hump, but we haven't, uh, we haven't dealt with that yet. No, I, I like that answer. And, and that's something that um, companies that are, I will say, hmm, I'm trying to think of the word, companies that are in it for the right reasons are, are doing is if, if you don't agree with what's happening, um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's like, sorry to bother you. And the movie, That's the name of the movie? The movie is called Sorry to Bother You, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgive you. Okay, yeah, it's a, cool. It's a very strange movie. Um, and, and without going into too much detail, basically the guy works for a call center. He doesn't know what they're selling. He just knows that I need to sell more of it. And he starts coming up with all these tactics to sell more. And he finds out that as he becomes one of the better sellers in the company, 
they're working with like eco terrorists and arms dealers and it gets to a point. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those situations where it's like, it's taken to the extreme, but it gets to a point where like, he's making so much money doing the thing that he doesn't agree with that. He's just like, I, what do I do? Do I just block this out? Do I, do I just keep doing what I'm doing? Like, like what is happening here? And, and it winds up, you know, again, it, it spirals out of control eventually, but it's good to hear that, um, you're not going to be, you know, building a better world for like arms dealers and <laughs> like eco-terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not going to do that. And I don't think we ever will, at least not while I'm a part of the company, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we will definitely, uh, uh, try to avoid, avoid hanging out with the wrong crowd. We're, we're really lucky in, in a lot of ways. I mean, first of all, we have an awesome team and we have a really great uh, in, industry that we're in, but we also have really great clients. And um, one of the things that uh, is a nice benefit of, of the situation that we're in is uh, we can turn down work if we feel like it's not a good fit. And, and that could be either we don't align with the mission uh, of whoever we'd be working with uh, or uh, that we don't have the technical skill set or the capacity uh, to deal with that. And there have been a few instances where we said, hey, this is not a project we feel comfortable taking on, either because uh, we're not sure if we're the right fit or maybe it's not something that we feel super passionately about. Um, and in those cases, we've uh, made recommendations to other firms or said, here's some options. Um, a lot of times, and now I'm, I'm sort of going on a tangent here, um, but you sparked something in, in my train of thought. But a lot of times uh, we're also asked to do development work for companies that do not need a software product or don't need development Um, uh, or they're too early to know if they do or not. And um, we've had situations where people are like, how much does it cost to build this? And we're like, I can't really tell you because you don't really know what it's going to take to actually solve this problem. Does it require a native app? Does it require a web application? Uh, Are people solving it? Uh, without software already, and, and maybe you never will need software to, to address this issue. Um, and so we've uh, we've turned down contracts uh, to go out and build products that we, while we would be happy to take the money, wouldn't be doing the customer any benefit, um, and it would be setting them up uh, for failure, basically. So um, it's nice to be in that position because we get to pick projects we really believe in, but we can also pick projects that uh, uh, we think we're actually adding some value to, to the process, and and that's been. Uh, super rewarding uh, for us because it makes makes us feel a lot better about what we do. And and I think that that is one of the things that is necessary for for you to not feel burned out. People are told to, you know, when you get your start in programming, you have to, you know, work and you may not have any investment in the work that you're doing. And I think that's a terrible way like to get started in any industry. Like if I don't if I don't care about the job that I'm doing, I'm not going to do a good job. Right. And it's, it's interesting that we still believe that that's okay to do in, in software development where, you know, a lot of software engineers are considered some of the most brilliant people on the planet, but yet we're still foolish by saying, Hey, you know, sometimes you're going to have to, you know, I can't even think of a good example just because I've never tried to put myself in that situation where it's like, Hey, you're going to have to, you know, convert PHP code to uh, Erlang or something. Oh I, I, don't, I don't know. Usually like, it's the other way around, right? Um, but, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know what you mean. It's it's hard to learn anything uh, that you're not passionate about, uh, and it, you're not going to have success in that industry. Um, I think we found from we're actually hiring right now, right? And so uh, I've been we've been pretty lucky to get a lot of applications, which has been great. Um, but the thing that always stands out to us is uh, I'll go look at somebody's like GitHub, for example. And I'll look at their commit history and I'll see what they've worked on. Sometimes it's public, sometimes it's not. Uh, but the thing that matters the most to us is to just see like a uh, really uh, frequent recurring pattern of commits and, and activity. Um, like, uh, you know, people are working like on Saturday on a personal project, that sort of thing. Uh, you can tell from a resume who's uh, passionate about, uh, you know, the position, but you can tell from like GitHub uh, who's actually passionate about like learning new languages and like getting into development and working on all kinds of cool projects. And like that, I think is a, uh, the key indicator for us on whether or not we're going to interview with someone um, is like, not do they work on the weekends, right? But like, do they enjoy what they're doing so much that they're spending their free time learning new things and working on cool projects? Well, you've, you've heard the scoop here that they, the pair circuit is hiring. Cause I just went on the job positions board to see what they had. Yeah, and this is someone, nothing. So I need to talk to the CEO about that. Um, because that's a mistake. Yes. Uh, I'll actually, I'll send you a link Jay. And if you want to put it out there, you can. Uh, if you're in Indiana and looking for a development job, we'd love to have you. And even if you're not, I'd still like to talk to you um, uh, and convince you to move here, if, if nothing else. So that was that was something that I did write down. Is that you know you're you're in Silicon yeah. Cornfield <laughs> of, of Fishers, Indiana. You know, not necessarily in San Francisco or you know L.A. or New York. Any of the normal tech centers why is indiana the place for for pair circuit and not one of these other areas jay you've asked like my favorite question ever um so when you think about well, there's there's a couple different levels that you can answer that question there's an economic reason right so uh companies that are on the coast uh, are paying uh more for development because there's a higher cost of living associated with uh, these major cities um and and so uh uh, their dollar doesn't go as far. Um, and, you know, you, you see the effects of this. People are looking to outsource work to, let's say, India, for example. Well, if you're looking to build software uh, and one of your options is to outsource to India and the other is to keep it in the United States, uh, I think most companies based here in the U.S. Uh, would want to take the U.S. route if they could make it work economically. And, um, you know, why outsource something to India when you can outsource it to Indiana? Um, for companies on the East Coast, we're in the same time zone. We're a 30, I'm sorry, 90 minute flight uh, from Indianapolis to pretty much any major city. Um, so we could even meet in person if necessary. Uh, we're governed by the same laws, uh, but we're a lot cheaper. Uh, the cost of living in Indiana is very, very low compared to some of these major cities. Uh, San Francisco uh, is much more expensive. So what that translates into is uh, we can pay our employees uh, in absolute dollars, a little bit less than what they're making on the coast, uh, but they actually take home more money uh, in terms of what their dollars can buy. So they have better purchasing power. So that's the economic reason, right? Um, but there's another reason, which is um, harder to quantify on paper, but I think uh, more important. And it's that in Indy, um, we feel like we are a part of something that is bigger than what we are. I think if we were in a larger city like New York or San Francisco or even Chicago, we'd feel like just another company or a group of developers, uh, one of many, many fish in a, a big pond. 
Uh, and that's not to say that India is not a big city. We're, I think we're the 11th largest city in, in the country. Um, but we have access here um, just by asking people. We can go meet with, uh, I've met with people who started, uh, I've met with the CEO of a company called Exact Target, which, which was acquired is now part of Salesforce. Back to downtown, the Salesforce Tower is now the tallest building uh, in Indy. Uh, I've been able, so I've been able to talk to him. Like I've been able to meet with the, the former CEO of Angie's List, um, and and all these other really cool companies. And the way I've been able to talk to them has has been so cool. You could just reach out to someone on Twitter, uh, or ask a friend if they'd be willing to make an introduction. And like around here, everybody does that. Um, and and so these people who you might think you'd never have access to or, or be able to learn from uh, in in some of these other cities are are very open here. And um, that I think is that whole community aspect of it is, is really powerful um, because it makes you feel like you're part of an ecosystem and that you matter here. Um, and it, it's a, it's also a great opportunity to, to build something bigger. And so for me, you know, that's like the real motivator. The economics is a nice side effect, but um, it's the, really the people I think that are the, the bigger asset for the state. You know, as someone who grew up in, in rural Tennessee and, and is now living in, you know, the city of, in San Diego, it is it is definitely a different feeling. Um, some would say it's slower, but I, I think that it's it's kinder. It's it's more intentional. People are are doing the things that they want to do. They are doing the things that they enjoy doing. Whether it's a uh, keeping the the family tradition going, you know, I don't I don't know of any locations in uh, in where we live that you know were passed down you know from father to son other than the the you know i mean even the the company at my day job uh that's that's a company that they started out in like rural utah and they were in uh, the founder was in the military and during world war ii got out of the military was stationed in san diego and said you know what i'm gonna start a life here and They've kept a lot of those family values and a lot of that um, approachability to their company. And I, I think that's something that you don't necessarily get in a Bay Area or in a large metropolitan because, one, everybody is traveling to the metropolitan. There are very few people that are originally from yeah, the metropolitan, so... Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of distance um, just personally and and a lot of things that come with that, too. Uh, I mean, my commute to work is like almost it can be up to an hour and a half. Wow. Traffic is bad. And and that is something that I mean, it would take me an hour and a half to go from like one city yeah. to the next in Tennessee. <laughs> like I could get from Knoxville yeah. to Chattanooga exactly. in an hour and a half. Um, whereas here it's like, oh, you've got to go 15 miles. Well, have fun sitting in gridlock <laughs> like yeah wow that's um yeah you're you're making me happier that we didn't uh you know move out there because uh, i india is a, an automobile city and uh, we love our cars and uh, we don't drive around on the beltway we try to qualify uh and see who can go the fastest uh so we can qualify for the 500 around 465 which is our like beltway so we like driving but we do not like sitting in traffic i don't think anybody really does um but um, I'm very happy as much as I like cars and, and the 500, I, I don't want to spend an hour and a half in one every day. So that's, uh, and that's one way I think you said, so yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and 
one of the one of the cool things that that I would see as well as we don't necessarily need more people in, in these areas in these Bay areas <laughs> like yeah well hey send in here we can uh there's work for them and uh, not only that uh, uh there's their like I said their dollars go further um and and so uh and they can work on real problems that impact a lot of people in a really uh serious and substantive way uh and they can earn more uh doing it uh, in terms of real purchasing power so send them over it's a it's an indie shop working yeah. out of indie <laughs> looking for any indie developers yeah. to... <laughs> any any indie yeah. indie developers yeah. so. so this is actually a this is not a paid advertisement but uh the state of indiana has hijacked this podcast i'm sorry i like it <laughs> Hey, if, if the state of Indiana has the funds and they want to sponsor us, that's fine. Uh, uh, I'll take a visit. I can't speak on behalf know? of anyone official, but uh, <laughs> maybe one day. We'll see. Well, well, and, and we've, we've shared, we've had plenty of conversations before in the past regarding, you know, some of, of this stuff. And, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you onto the show is you can tell, like, when you have the guy on, like, four months ago that's tweeting out, Hey, I finally got my business license. I'm going to get this thing going. I'm going to do it right. Like that. And like the fact that you just jumped in and was like, Hey man, if you need any help, let me know. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't necessarily know what that is, but as soon as I figure it out, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's funny. I'm not even sure how I first found out about you. I may have, I may have followed you by accident. I do that sometimes, but I saw you tweeted that and I was like, dude, I'm starting a company too. Like, Good luck. Let me know if I can help. And uh, yeah, here we are. Pretty funny. So, so that is that is a lesson to anyone listening. Just randomly follow people. You know, even if it's by accident, you never know who you'll find in there. You'll find like the CEO of Pear Circuit, and he'll try to get you to move to Indiana. Which I, I mean, I can. I have some relatives that live in Michigan. I mean, I'm sure my wife wouldn't be too upset with that. But at the same time, I don't know. It's kind of cold up there. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it, the weather is not our best asset, but, uh, I will, if I'm, I'm not kidding about this. If you want a job in Indiana, I will find a way to get you here. Cause that's, that's something that we're really, uh, we're all really pulling together for is, is how do we, how do we make the state a better place to live and work? And part of doing that is finding people who are, uh, the best people in the world at what they do and bringing them here. So, yeah. Uh, here, here's the last question. So you've mentioned having having this trouble working in in a rural, and I'm pretty sure this this is going to be the like let's learn a little sure. bit about Indiana uh, podcasts now. <laughs> uh, so you you definitely would have you know there's not a thousand people like knocking at your door saying like oh hey I just graduated from Stanford and now I'm looking for you know an internship. How has it been not only starting a new company? but a company with such a strong vision that requires so much because I mean, you don't know what your clients are going to require until you're in the thick of it. But then at the end of it, it's like, okay, I might need someone who knows or at least has the ability to learn Scala, JavaScript and Ruby on rails, you know, and how, how has it been trying to find people in a non tech haven that are capable of accomplishing that thing and what are some of the things that you've done to to do that other than coming on podcasts and, and pimping <laughs> yeah out your seriously <laughs> um so that's a really good question and um i don't have the answer to that question all the way figured out uh, i've got some theories and we're doing some experiments to find out what the answer could be but i don't really know 
uh, for sure what the answer is yet. Um, I would say that in this state and in any state, uh, there are tons of people who are super smart and super motivated. And uh, I don't think it's a problem where we lack ability um, or interest, really. Uh, it's just that around here, you have to do a better job of maybe communicating what it is you're looking for and also communicating to people um, who are talented um, and are, you know, being pulled in a thousand different directions by all these companies that want to hire them, why they should work for you. So I kind of view it as a, a burden on the employer uh, or an obligation on the employer uh, to articulate, like, why would you want to work here? And what would be rewarding beyond just a paycheck? Uh, uh, and, and making that case to, to the people who've got the potential to, to actually do the work. Um, I've been amazed at the quality of students that are coming out of not just our, uh, our colleges, because we do have some great schools here, uh, but also uh, some of the non-traditional uh, or sort of apprenticeship like learning programs um, that, that are uh, starting to pop up and become more common. And uh, in fact, our, our first hire was actually a guy uh, who, who did uh, this program called Free Code Camp. And uh, he's, I think he started out as a, as a student and uh, by the end was actually writing codes and, and modules and, and tests for uh, the actual courses. So um, that was a guy who lived in Indiana and uh, didn't go to school for that, but was just super smart, like crazy, crazy smart and, and super passionate and, and taught himself. So to kind of sum up and answer your question, um, the people who are capable of doing this work live in this state and, and around it. Um, and it's, it's really more a challenge for businesses to differentiate. Why would that person want to work for you? And um, like I said, I don't think we have the, the perfect answer, but uh, I'm trying to make the case. And, and I think successfully so far, um, I hope that uh, our company is one of the uh, places where you can work and you can have a really positive impact on a lot of people um, uh, very quickly. And, and so I think if we can continue to tell that story, we'll keep finding uh, people who can come in and fill those roles because the potential is, is definitely. I love that answer. And in fact, I loved it so much. It made me think of another quick question. If we'll yes. answer this in about 15 seconds. And after that, I promise you, uh, after show, <laughs> but that being said, what would you say to the developer that isn't in the Bay area that is sitting in, you know, where I grew up in, in Sweetwater, Tennessee or, or Macon, Georgia, or, uh, Fishers, Indiana, what would you say to them when they want to be a developer, but everybody is telling them, oh, you got to move to New York City. Oh, you got to move to, you know, Los Angeles or, or San Francisco if you want to do it. And they love where they're from. They love the things that keep them in that area. What would you say to them when they're looking for that job? Well, I think if you love where you live, then you have a duty to that place to make it the best place that you can make it. And I also think that uh, sometimes, especially if you're in the Midwest, we may have this attitude that it's uh, maybe if we're lucky, we can make it the next Facebook or the next Twitter. Um, and we can go work on that in California and we'll own some equity um, and uh, somebody else will run it, but we can be a part of that. And I would say you need to switch your mindset and not think about how we, you can be a part of the next Facebook or, or Twitter or, or LinkedIn or whatever big tech company there is out there, but instead start to think about how you could make the people at those companies wish that they were the first you and what you're building. Um, because uh, you can build it where you live, you can build it with the people around you who, who uh, love the state that you're in as much as you do. And um, you can 
it's achievable. And you've got certain advantages where you live that uh, people in other cities don't have. And you should take advantage of that. Uh, I know we're doing it here in Indianapolis. Other cities uh, have different benefits and, and different drawbacks. And so um, you've got an opportunity and, and you should seize it um, because you've got an obligation to the people who live where you do to try to make your state or your city the best place it can possibly be. You've been listening to my conversation with Mike Young, definitely someone who loves the area that he grew up in and is really wanting to see it continue to grow. And and like I said, you know, just because you are in a small town doesn't mean that you have to have aspirations of leaving that town to pursue better things. And again, take that from someone who has done just that. And there are many a night where I actually miss the small town feel, the the pace, the the friendliness, and and you know it's it's great to see that people like Mike are out there that are really pushing to get more and more people into those areas. So like he said, Circuit is hiring. So if you're a developer and you are in the Indiana area, and in the especially in the Indianapolis area, or if you are open to relocating to that area, then give Mike a ring. He is, he's very open and honest and, and he will tell you like it is. And I think that's great. And I love the mission that they have to help other businesses succeed. And I think that's why I, I ultimately wanted him on the show. So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thanks to Nadir Omawale for his track, a hustler in spite of myself for the intro and outro music. Thank you again to Mike for being such an awesome guest on the show. But that's going to do it for this week. I am Jay Miller. I hope we have been productive. And until next time, I'll see you later.